Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Today's topic uh, involves something that uh, we should really be paying great attention to. Uh, we should have been doing that for decades, of course, but I'm glad that we have an expert uh, on to talk to us about why this is such a problem for us. So we have Kisa Jackson, uh, 22 years, retired U.S. Arm, uh, Air Force uh, veteran and family caregiver, and she has a tremendous story of her own. If you've been listening to us, she has been... Uh, bringing people on that um, really talk about the caregiver's role in this whole um, thing about being ill and how do we take care of our uh, caregivers who take care of other people. Uh, but we also have Dr. Leon uh, Canterbury. He's a board-certified uh, geriatric pharmacist. Um, he is also uh, a person that focuses on the special needs of older patients who may have uh, concurrent illnesses, taking multiple medications. His extens extensive background ranges from community pharmacy, specialty pharmacy, to senior care consulting. Dr. Canterbury is being trained as a Medicare and Medicaid specialist through the Seniors Health Insurance uh, Information Program called SHIP, H-S-H-I-I-P, and is a member of the uh, Durham, North Carolina's African-American COVID uh, Task Force. So it sounds like he has his hands very, very full and busy. He's going to be talking about overprescribing medications. Is it killing our patients? That is the topic for now. And so um, we can pass it off on to Keisha, and you can uh, talk to your uh, incredible guest. <laughs> hey, Dr. Arnold, how are you? Fine. Good, good. Good. As I always say, it's so good to hear your voice. Oh, same here. <laughs> Before I turn it over to uh, uh, Dr. Canterbury, Delon Canterbury, I just wanted to mention that earlier this week, President Biden had announced his plans to spend $2 trillion on infrastructure and jobs with the uh, American Jobs Plan. Mm -hmm. And I want to read something. Um, included in this plan is $18 billion for modernization for veteran affairs hospitals and clinics and $400 billion to improve access across quality, affordable home and community-based care for the elderly and people with uh, disabilities. Mm -hmm. And so we know that this is going to have or can have an impact on, on mm -hmm. Medicaid programs, on uh, the CDC. This could be something that can impact uh, HSA, FSA. Uh, one of the things that uh, President Biden is specifically pointing out with this is that it, would, it could increase even pay for care workers, and he mentioned specifically disproportionately women of color mm -hmm. who typically earn about $12 right, right. an hour in their wages for caring. And so I wanted to mention this initially before um, Dr. Canterbury speaks because he is going to just go to a whole different place and probably want to get started. I may not say anything else. So I will be providing more information on this as I get it. So I just wanted to bring that out and share it. Oh, great. And, uh, again, great. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely, like I said, I want to turn it over to uh, Delon or uh, Dr. Canterbury. He'll 
address, however he prefers to be called. Mm -hmm. But just to say also, he is doing great things in the geriatric space, and I'm so excited about what he's doing and to be one of his supporters, his followers. And I do believe the only reason why he is not all over the world right now physically is because of travel restrictions with COVID. So, Dr. Canterbury, if you want to just kind of – Tell us what we need to know or what you can tell us to help us. I really appreciate it. Oh, he's on he's on mute. Are you muted? We can't hear you. Oh, he should be good. Oh, yeah, this can, you know, continue. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more, uh, Keisha, about what you were talking about, you know, as we're getting this technical difficulty out of the way. But Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. can you hear me? Yes, I can. <laughs> okay. One of the things I definitely, um, in addition to this, I, I, I do want to mention that this information, um, you can go to thewhitehouse.gov, and you can find out information, look up the American Jobs Act. And USA Today has a really good article where they actually broke it down into like four different charts to show you the different breakdown of the true, the, uh, the, the $2 trillion and how it is going to be broken down into spending. But for the caregiver community, again, it's going to be good for home and community-based programs, helps to probably with the money follows the person, which is when whoever that person is, if they're being cared for in the hospital, with the money follow the person's program, that money could potentially go into the home to help care for the caregiver, um, to help care for the, the person that is being cared for. So there's just a lot that is going to come out of this or potentially to come out of it. But you know when things are have to be passed that it has to go through the different stages and different people and the different opinions. But the fact that President Biden has put this in there, the caregivers as a part of infrastructure, uh, is a great thing. And we're yeah. believing that this is going to do great things for the caregiver community. Oh, yeah. And that's good for everyone, right, involved, the, yeah. the, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are, you know, who are actually uh, <clears throat> caregivers and our community in general, just us. Yeah. <laughs> Because, uh, and the VA as well, because the, right. the money that's going to go into the VA is supposed to be for the infrastructure of the VA hospitals and right. um, upgrading and different things like that. I think we may have. We may have. Uh, yes. Yes, I think. Uh, hey, are you oh, able hi. to hear me? Good. We can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Beautiful. I apologize for that. I was on the Zoom call, but I hope y'all are doing well. I was actually thanking Keisha so much for letting me be on today and just right. share the space and share the work. I've been doing is so amazing what you guys are doing with this station. So thank you all for having me. Mm-hmm. Oh, great, great. Yes. So you know, yes. Dr. Canterbury, it sounds like you have you know started focusing on something that I think is really a critical issue. We have so many deaths in this country from people mm-hmm. getting uh, medications that you know are overprescribed, and you know, uh, yeah. and it, it is one of the leading causes of death. I don't think people realize that that is uh, actually a leading cause of death. And we now always talk about the opioid crisis and all those kinds of things right. as well. So tell us a little bit more about this. What, how do you <clears throat> see this and how do you conceptualize this issue? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there is overwhelming evidence that 
our healthcare system is really failing in how they're addressing the problem of, of overprescribing. Right. Unfortunately, we see close to over $528 billion wasted due to unmanaged or mismanaged medications. And unfortunately, mm. because of that, that contributes to almost 275,000 deaths a year. It is completely astronomical. And it's a problem that I have seen time and time again working as a previous retail pharmacy manager and just got tired of seeing my people, especially minorities, taking meds that are making them more sick and not working. Okay, so say like that again, that on, number again. You said 275,000 per year? 275,000 people are attributed to dying due to the lack of medication management. Yes, that's, sir, a year. That's, that's almost half is what we see with the COVID, right? <laughs> We're like about 500. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's a grim number, but it's true, and this has been going on. Um, for a while, and that, that, that number comes from a 2016 trial, so it's probably increased from that. Mm-hmm. And so when you work in the retail and, and healthcare system and see the end result of people coming in with a new prescription for a side effect that they're trying to treat, which honestly could have been managed from just stopping the previous drug, it mm-hmm. leads to a circle of what's called the prescribing cascade. And okay. so you end up prescribing new stuff for things that were already being uh, addressed as a drug, and it ends up just cycling over and over and over, leading to more risk of harm and what's called uh, polypharmacy and putting patients in harm's way. So it's really a big deal that pharmacists and healthcare providers alike are aware of, but there aren't too many efforts to stop it. Wow. Why, why do you think that is? Why, why is it that... Uh, not, not more attention is being paid to this if we're talking about, you know, potentially 275,000 lives that could be saved every year. You know, it's a fantastic question. Um, you know, not to be too cynical, a part of it is mm-hmm. healthcare, as sad as it may sound, mm-hmm. wants you sick. And it is still a business. And so when people are coming in and getting more prescriptions filled or more copays filled or seeing their doctors more, You know, there is an insurance claim behind the scene that's getting paid for that. And so there haven't been quality services really in having the right people do medication reviews as a part of the healthcare delivery model. And this is actually a very huge point in that pharmacists are just grossly underused in healthcare. You and your family, you may think of a pharmacist as a traditional, you know, guy behind the counter, counting by fives, putting a label on a bottle. But pharmacists can integrally save patients' money, reduce some of these side effects from happening. And honestly, we just don't have the laws on our side to say that we can work and get paid adequately to do these medication reviews. And so it ends up being a cycle of just pill and pill and pill being sent over without a full assessment of what pharmacists can do, and especially what my company, Geriatrics, does in really getting to the root of those side effects and problems that can really impact care. Okay. So so let's say that I'm a person that, you know, I've, uh, I'm on five different pills. I don't even know the names of them, right? And, sure. uh, and then someone says, oh, we're going to add another one to it. 
you know, what, what recourse do I have as an individual to, to really look at that? Is, is it something I should be discussing, you know, um, with the pharmacy staff when I go to fill my medications? Or how, how do I, you know, approach that subject and, you know, speaking sure. to the provider even? Okay. Yeah, no, that's a great one. So especially when you are talking through the prescribing process with your doctor in the office, you're just going to want to ask, hey, do I really need another medication? Is this what I need? What have we done to rule out that what I'm taking now of those five may be causing the presenting symptom? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of it's just kind of being aware and knowing some of the stuff that really just kind of get left to the wayside because you're so crunched for time when you're seeing your provider for 20 minutes every three months, right? Right. And so I will always encourage people, especially caregivers, to ask the pharmacist, do you think this is really appropriate? Do you really think this is the best for my loved one? And just have an open-ended dialogue about it. I I feel like because we kind of grew up with this patriarchal, do what I say kind of mentality in medicine, a lot of people just say, oh, well, the doctor said this is what it is, so that's what it is. And they don't really second guess or ask ways that they could, one, save money, because believe it or not, they still prescribe medications that may not be good for you, Mm -hmm. uh, or they may be financially unaffordable. And so they don't think to always ask for alternatives. So you as the caregiver or as the patient, you really have to look and say, hey, look, these are the side effects that I'm seeing. How can we make sure that whatever they're on aren't causing those side effects? And once you have that dialogue going, it can really open some doors and some eyes on where pharmacists can essentially pinpoint what the issues are and get you off of them. And that's what we do with geriatrics. We find the medications that cause those issues and usually take the headache out of healthcare because of our intervention. Yeah. So you're not recommending that, you know, because I have five medications I'm taking and they're going to give me another uh-huh. one that I try to manipulate them myself or stop taking the medications altogether. It's really a coordinated approach, right? It's a team-based effort. I mm-hmm. never would tell someone to just, hey, this is what I think, go ahead and do it. Everything has to be done under the supervision of a provider or a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so as long as everyone's on the same page, which should be the patient's best interest and the patient's goals, mm-hmm. and if they align with the healthcare goals, then everything is copacetic, man. Everything is cool. And that's where we start talking about, okay, let's talk about tapering you off slowly and, you know, with evidence-based recommendations. It's never recommended to just stop something abruptly without talking to someone first and having the go-ahead from a doctor. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things, you know, people were telling me that, you know, they were concerned about the uh, ingredients on, you know, in the, within the, um, you know, within the COVID vaccine. And I said, uh, do you, sure. ever read, you ever read the back of a Cheetos bag or, you know, potato chip bag? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, we put more chemicals right. in our body every day. So, you know, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm personally a vegan. I don't say that's the only way to go. But, I, you know, sure. uh, I, I tell people, you know, eating more fresh fruits and vegetables and all that, that the, the diet has a lot to do with uh, a lot of the medical conditions we end up having, right? The diabetes, mm-hmm. the, you know, um, the, the consequences of high blood pressure. Um, so, mm-hmm. so these things uh, need to be addressed as well. And I'm glad you said that because, um, we, you know, we just can't just go around giving medications just to treat symptoms, right? We have to figure out why the person has a symptom. Right. And that's 
honestly, the issue is we are not seeing and using pharmacists really to do this. And that's why I started geriatrics. I'll tell you what. I had a patient who came to me. She was on 36 medications, okay? This is an 80-year-old woman, sweet as can be, 36 medications. It made no sense why she's on 36 medications. 36. Just so you know, that's an, <laughs> 36. That's an astronomically high number, right? Yes, yes. On average, elderly people are maybe taking 12 to 18, and those with some other disease states a bit more. But generally, we're seeing 12 to 18 on average. So how can you really expect an 80-year-old woman to take 36 medications throughout her day? It's right. almost impossible, right? Yes. And so we found and out that... Yeah, yeah. It's dangerous. Exactly. It's dangerous. And so the reason why this headache uh, was such a pain for the caregiver, she's taking care of her mom. She was out of a nursing home. She left the nursing home back into the home center with her family, and they just kept the medications that were prescribed in the nursing home, which is a problem. Yes. And that's another issue we see. It's called clinical inertia, where you just see some uh, med list. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, you've been on this? Okay, cool. We'll just keep keep it going. And, and that was a part of the issue. I'll tell you this. We were able to get her off of 36 medications down to eight medications. And yeah. we found that there was really only eight that she needed. Right. And <laughs> it was so rewarding because this is the way medicine should be. You should not be taking 36 meds, paying 36 different copays. And then eventually we ended up saving this woman over $150,000 because she was going to be forcibly admitted into a nursing home again because they thought that she was just unstable. She was described as being a walking zombie, confused, chronic constipation, Mm -hmm. irritable, angry, Mm -hmm. forgetful. All of these symptoms could have been stopped had a pharmacist done a med review with her and gotten her off of those meds, which we ended up doing and have so much pride in getting her off and getting her life back and her children back and her grandchildren and her home. And that's that's really the power that pharmacists have. And I just want to make sure I shared that today because that's the lesson of how overprescribing can truly harm your loved one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember, you know, as a... a, Dr. Arnold, I just wanted to say in addition to that, uh, Mm -hmm. sorry, my my connection is, is just went crazy but i just wanted to quickly say in addition to that if you imagine the age of that person if that person or their caregiver a lot of times that caregiver could be that age as well is responsible for administering that much medicine to a person um if there's a chance of forgetting um oh yes terrible uh, it's just so many different things that it can be tied into this that can make it very very devastating Mm -hmm. um for the person. Absolutely. Yeah, but, you know, when I, when I was a resident, I remember this one lady came into me, and she had a bag of medications. And I was like, what is this? And I had to sort them out. And, again, it was like about 21 medications. And she was seeing five or six different prescribers. Some of them didn't even know that they were. she was being seen by all these uh, multiple people. Right, And, right. and, and I, so I, I said, how are you taking these medications? She said, oh, I just reach in and take a handful twice a day. And I was like, a handful? So she's not even figuring Uh-oh. out, you know. So I mean, that was like a deadly situation. So we had to cut set that yeah. cut out right away. But do you have a website that people can go to? We are running out of time really shortly. We need to have you sure. back on for a longer conversation. Oh, I would but, love to be back on. You can check me out at geriatrics.org. It's spelled a little differently. So it's G E R I A T 
RX as an x-ray.org. So okay. it's kind of like the RX pharmacy symbol. So it's geriatrics, all one word. I have plenty of ways that you can save money on our Facebook page and Instagram page. We have tons of tips on healthcare cost savings and ways you can look out for side effects that can be a sign of being overprescribed. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Leon uh, Canterbury and Keisha Jackson for bringing this uh, informative Perkins. <laughs> and both of you have a happy Easter. Tomorrow's a, a nice day, so make sure you get some of the sun rays out there. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.